Hello, everybody, and welcome to Best Seat on the Couch, the podcast where we discuss what kind of power Kirby would get if he swallows us. My name is Alex. I'm Iris. I'm Marcus. And I'm Michael. And today, we are talking about the anime series Kirby, Right Back at Ya. Directed by Shoji Yoshikawa and Mitsuo Kukasabe, the series premiered in Japan in October 2001 and ran for 100 episodes, being localized for Western audiences by 4Kids Entertainment in 2002. The story follows the adventures of Kirby, a young star warrior who belongs to a group of interstellar beings tasked with fighting against evil in the galaxy. After crash landing on the planet Popstar, the young Kirby meets the residents of Capitown as they are besieged by monsters from the ruler of Dreamland, King DDD. Using his ability to copy the powers of his enemies by inhaling them, Kirby sets out to defend Capitown from monsters, space invaders, and the citizens themselves. The series received mixed reviews, but remains a cult classic amongst Kirby fans, being praised for its faithfulness to the themes of the Kirby games, and being criticized for its repetitive episodes and animation style. And, as always, there will be spoilers. So, I brought this anime to the couch this week, uh, because this anime was... A, I won't say a good chunk of my childhood, but it was a, it was like a core memory of my childhood, because when I was six years old, I received uh, my very first gaming system from I believe my aunt, and it was a Game Boy SP, which is one of the ones that flips open, kind of like a flip phone, and the game that I had with that Game Boy SP, my very first uh, console video game, notwithstanding, like, Miss Frizzle computer games that I played at school, uh, but my very first console video game was Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland. And I have been a pretty solid Kirby fan uh, since that very first video game experience. I've played a lot of Kirby games. I can think I can safely say I've played the most Kirby games out of everyone here in the couch. Um, and yeah, I really love the game series. It's very charming. The gameplay is straightforward. Some might say it's a little easy. But I think the point of these Kirby games is that sense of adventure, the weird world, the weird and cute world that you find yourselves in when playing this game. And also the different uses of these various copy abilities that Kirby uh, has. The good stuff. And so imagine young Alex's surprise when premiering on Cartoon Network was a Kirby, a show about Kirby uh, set in the exact same world uh, with the exact same final boss. Because Kirby right back at you is directly adapted from uh, Nightmare in Dreamland, the first game that I played. And so when I first watched, watched the show, uh, young Alex was blown away by the fact that a character that I played was on TV doing things that I thought Kirby would do, interacting with characters I saw in the Kirby games. Uh, and I loved it so much that I ended up 
asking my parents to buy uh, three DVDs worth of Kirby episodes uh, for me as a kid. And so sitting somewhere in my parents' house are three DVDs of the first nine episodes of uh, Kirby Right Back At You. Wait a second, wait a second. Okay, all else in this story beside three DVDs was nine episodes? Yes. Nine episodes each or nine episodes total? Nine episodes total. <laughs> We've come a long way. <laughs> yeah, store, you know, digital storage. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I am so uh, sorry for your parents. <laughs> uh, suffice it to say, I loved this anime. And I still, I feel like I'm going to be in Iris's uh, spot. Uh, that she was in last week uh, in King of Thieves where I will defend this show um, uh, until my dying day. I know, uh, I I can acknowledge that it is not a good show. On all points, animation, story, it's subpar. But the fact that it has uh, such a crystal clear place in my childhood and the fact that it is based off of a game series that I like and that other Kirby fans seem to appreciate this show, uh, I will stand by it, especially uh, the dub, because the dub of this anime is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Much like the Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast episode, I derive a lot of enjoyment from these terrible four kids dubs, and once again, Kirby right back at you does not disappoint. But for the rest of y'all, I believe this is your first time watching this anime. Uh, So please enlighten me about your first experiences uh, and impressions of this series. Uh, So briefly, uh, in response to the, you know, taking Iris's seat comment, I want to point out that this is the fourth episode in a row uh, on this podcast, the fourth episode in a row that someone has brought, we've all had our turn, we've all brought <laughs> a, a a title that is, fr- you know, like, from our childhoods that we have an intense amount of nostalgia for that is, like, really not good in an Okay, I'm gonna stop sense. you right there. Osmosis Jones is just not good. Like, yeah, I, I think we all agree. I can't even defend so Osmosis Jones, honestly. I'm so sorry. I apologize <laughs> in that episode. But you brought it for nostalgia reasons, right? But, I, like, I, I, you know, you guys are gonna sit here and defend it as we take pot shots at each other. I There's nothing I would, I, I would rather let that movie die. I would rather <laughs> step aside and let somebody shoot it in the head. You know, I think that just means that younger you had worse taste than the rest of us. You know that's what, that's what it, entirely possible. That's what it boils down to. You're right, Iris, we've, you got it. We've, we've had like a whole, it's been a month of this, it's been a month of this, and dear listeners, as fun as it is to tear these things to shreds and like insult each other over like our most treasured memories i will be excited to move on move back to, to real content next <laughs> it week it does get better <laughs> yeah we're going down pretty low next week is gonna be pretty high so. like absence better. makes the heart grow fonder right yeah marcus you joined me in the hoodwinked episode that's what it was <laughs> yes yeah so yeah i defended somebody else which yeah. you know okay so this show we weird um first off Kirby, I do like Kirby. I actually played Kirby uh, uh, Adventures in uh, Nightmare in Dreamland. I played Kirby Squeak Squad, and of course Kirby's Air Air Ride was just me and my brother in City yes. Escape for like 
five hours. It was awesome. And then just like the free for all mode where you just go around and go do things. That was great. Um, however, after those sort of three ones, I think I did like one more on the DS maybe, but after those, I kind of fell off Kirby in terms of like just the games and stuff. Maybe it's just I grew out of it or maybe I moved on to other things, but Kirby has not been in my mind. Uh, not, not recently. Obviously I've heard of like the new switch game, but I haven't played it yet. Um, and so that's where I'm at when I'm coming to this because this anime is, it's certainly something. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like my 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 biggest complaints of on like honestly, one I think that for me at least, it's just kind of boring. Like I just feel like there's really like I don't even know like it it feels like Scooby Doo with no mystery, where it's like it's a monster of the week anime, but here's the monster. <laughs> Let's see what happens, <laughs> and really it always just comes down to Kirby sucking the thing up and using it against them, which is like not a bad premise, but if you're doing that like a hundred times, I feel like it gets a little overblown. The times where it deviates from that, either in the sort of away from the monster of the week in terms of Kirby saving the day, or actually digging deep into the quote unquote lore of this <laughs> series, that's when it gets kind of interesting. Like, I think it's pretty clear that like, Anytime Meta Knight is on screen, it's a good time. Anytime King Dedede is just speaking, it's a good time. <laughs> yeah. Because honestly, he, he's just he's just funny. <laughs> At least for me. But, and also, okay, okay. With that said, my, my other main gripe is this weird animation style that they're doing. Because oh, obviously, boy. like, some of it is in 3D. Which is like, I don't blame them for that because it's a, you know, it's a TV show or it's an anime, whatever, low budgets, that's always the thing. My issue is when <laughs> literally in one shot and then the next, they will do 3D and then 2D of the same character, namely King Dedede. At one time, he looks like a doll. And then at the next time, he looks like it's an actual animated character. And I'm fairly confident that Kirby is pretty much always in 3D. I'm not sure if there was any sections in him 2D, maybe in the background. But, you know, it's really jarring for that just because, one, it doesn't feel like they belong there. But I honestly think I would have been okay with it if they just stuck with it the entire time. Like, King Dedede in the first episode is kind of terrifying as this sort of 3D monstrosity that he is. But then in certain parts of the episode, they also animate him in 2D. And I'm like, my brain is like, my brain hurts trying to parse the differences. <clears throat> So that's my biggest gripe. But honestly, I don't really like hold a lot in terms of animation style against them just because budgets, budgets, right? They literally have a whole episode about that. And I'll get to that later because that's, <laughs> that's obviously a great episode. Um, but yeah, I think overall, I found this anime kind of boring except for the last three episodes because it just turns into Gurren Lagann. And I think I was kind <laughs> of hype around it. I said the same it. thing. I said the exact <laughs> same thing. Yeah. So, like, I can't fault it for that. They go on a ship. They go into space. They start blowing shit up. They start taking down this giant evil monstrosity that is, like, like tall. And I don't... All the things start crashing down. And I kind of just, like, okay, you know what? For a send-off of an anime, I'm okay with this. But there it is. Yeah. So, 
Like many other Nintendo properties, I never engaged with Kirby as a standalone thing. Like, of course, I played Smash Bros. You know, that was what I knew Kirby from with Smash Bros. Uh, but I never, I never engaged with Kirby as a standalone thing until becoming an adult. Namely, you know, the most recent game. Um, I really wish that this show had come with a warning label, specifically saying, "Abandon hope, all ye who enter here." For nothing will have any reason or rhyme. Nothing will have any purpose. It will all simply be. And the sooner you accept that, the less pain you will be in. <laughs> um, wow, I don't even know where to start with this show. This show, like this show, uh, I think what I said, what I said, uh, the like we were, I was, we were a couple episodes in. This show feels like one long series of person shows up, does something refuses to elaborate, leaves. Nothing <laughs> is explained at any point, and nothing has a reason for happening seemingly at any point. Like, I truly, like, don't even know how to describe the the just pure... Like, it's not even nonsensicality. It's not even, like, whimsy. It's just, like, this removal from any sort of, like, logical storytelling progression, like each and every episode is. There are so many plot holes... That it's less of, like, the plot is like a net at this point. That's how many holes. <laughs> <laughs> like, and how ex- how regular and expected they are. Like, why does Kirby just kind of, why does DDD allow Kirby to just kind of casually hang out in his castle when there's foreign enemies? Why are they foreign enemies in the first place? Why does King DDD keep asking for monsters from enemy when they fail and, you know, wreck up his castle and, like cost him an assload of money every single time who are the little two like fairy fucking things that keep floating around tiff and, and tough why does like why does tiff and tough's family like why are they the only cappies that have like eyes you know <laughs> why does ash ketchup show up in the middle <laughs> like <laughs> there are so many questions by the way the thing about ash ketchup is his his voice actor uh you know, voices someone else, and like it's, I, I couldn't not hear it. You know, it's just, it's literally just Ash Ketchum showing up to yell at Kirby. There are so many questions. I have, ha- I, I, at every single moment that just don't have answers, and it is truly painful to try and piece together some kind of cohesive anything regarding the viewing experience. Um, it's the kind of bad where I don't even know how to, like, summarize it, like, wrap it up nicely. You know, like, uh, like Osmosis Jones, I can be like, the movie was bad for X, Y, and Z reasons. And Kirby, I just, like, I'm left, like, baffled. It's like an optical illusion, you know? You try and look directly at it, and it's, it, it nothing makes sense. I'm rambling here, but the point is this show is, like, truly a a, a life-altering experience of, <laughs> of misery. <laughs> and wow. I, I, uh, yikes, yikes. That's what I got. I mean, there's, there's going to be no coherent criticism from me because there's nothing coherent to latch onto in this show. I had a great time suffering, but suffer I did. That's the <laughs> conclusion. Well... 
Alex, sorry we're piling on you today, but um, no, don't <laughs> apologize. He he it's needs to turn. know. He, is, yeah, he needs to know what he did. Yeah. He needs to answer for his crimes. I, I knew what I was bringing myself into for putting this up on the on the couch cast. That's the yeah. thing. I think the rest of us genuinely were like, I love this thing, and I'm excited to talk about it. Alex. Well, I'm not salty. I promise. I, I'm not I didn't salty. necessarily say I loved Osmosis Jones either, but you know. I thought it would be better than it actually. You were excited was. for it going in, though. There was it was it was I, brought I, 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 in well, good faith. I was hesitantly optimistic, but in any case, enough about Osmosis Jones. That's in the past. Um, yeah, I, Alex. This this. I mean, we've already said that this show is objectively bad, and there's not really much more I can say. And, and Iris, you're right that it really is baffling. Just trying to understand what like. The one episode on um, when they build the fucking factory and then they all go and they work in the factory. It's like this is the plot of some kind of like nature documentary or, or something like that last three hours compressed into 20 minutes. I, 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 I could not my brain was could not keep up with the pace of what was happening. And literally it was just Tiff narrating about how workers deserve rights and the environment <laughs> should not be destroyed by the by the by the incessant march of capitalists. I was just sitting here being like, what the fuck are they showing kids in Japan? And then I, I mean, like, obviously this is the dub and we're seeing something that's a little different. And to be fair, I think the vibe of the Japanese, like, the actual Japanese anime is quite a bit different. Not, you know, severe, severely different. Obviously the, the plot of the thing is still the same. But the way that the dub kind of feels not like, not like phoned in, but, but the, the way that the dub is a little bit less professional and generally a little bit more wacky kind of sells a vibe of like who and who who involved in creating the show actually really gave a shit about what they were putting on the screen well and here's 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 actually the thing here he i've sort of hit on this while you were while you were describing it marcus trying to explain any part of the plot of this show feels like trying to explain a dream to someone else which, because things just happen. Yeah. And there's no logic. There's no reason. There's no through line. There's no connection. Things just happen. And you're like, what the fuck? It's like a fever dream. It's it's <laughs> truly like completely disconnected from any aspect of like internal consistency in any way. And there's something about like, you know, as, as, a, as a viewer, do you embrace the chaos? And do you say, all right, no holds barred. I, I am coming into this ready to go on an adventure where Kirby will take me somewhere I have never been before and will leave me stunned. And, like, I tried so hard to match that energy and to be like, okay, <laughs> this show obviously doesn't give a flying fuck about what I think a show should be like. <laughs> and, like, especially towards the last couple episodes, the finale episodes, like, it goes really crazy. And honestly, I was like, none of this makes sense, same as before, but it's actually pretty fucking, like, cool to see, like, all these fucking lasers and, like, spaceships, and they got, you know, Meta Knight's Halberd, and they go into the big spaceship, and the the Nightmare guy has a fucking chessboard for no apparent, like, <laughs> what reason whatsoever, like, and, and even still, at the end of the final, the, the 100th episode, I didn't watch all 100, of course, but at the end of the 100th episode, I was just sitting there being like, I was still sitting there 
you know obviously they come back to Capitano it's all rebuilt and everything like literally it doesn't seem like anything bad happened and Kirby gets his comeuppance because he's a fucking hero even though he's been a hero at the end of every single episode prior and I'm just sitting there being like I came out of this like somebody put my brain through a blender and I will take some time to <laughs> reorganize my thoughts before I can even begin to understand whether or not this show was really worth it. Uh, unfortunately, Alex, my final my final verdict is that this show was not worth it. And I saw enough. I saw maybe ten episodes, and that was more than enough. And it's just not. It's it's not good. But honestly, pencil this one into ne- next to Madoka Magica, but for different reasons as to like <laughs> awful experiences Alex has made us go through. <laughs> I mean, well, Madoka. Ma- well, I mean. I'm not, I, I think I've said the difference. Yeah, the difference is that Madoka Magica was worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to say it, but you're, you're kind of right. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I feel like this show is, uh, I'll concede, it is specifically for Kirby fans. Um, people who come to the show want something else from Kirby other than the games and having a sort of weird like monster of the week slice of life type thing is uh, is something that they're looking for. I will say it's hilarious to me that over the hundred episodes that they run out of monsters to bring to the show because like you said Marcus they like do these weird commentaries on capitalism, on um, crunch in animation studios. Uh, I think they do one, they do like a cooking show. They do a trivia show. It's all these like weird things where they're like, you can tell the showrunners are just thinking like, okay, what what can we do this week that's that'll keep this show alive and afloat? Uh, the production of this entire anime is like super interesting and kind of a a cluster (laughs) it's a bit of a cluster where i think there are four different uh animation studios working together on this and one of them is the 3d animation studio uh that funnily enough used nintendo's 3d assets to make the 3d models of the characters in this show and even funnier masahiro sakurai oversaw the production of this show no, yes, he didn't. He did. Oh, and he no. greenlit everything on this show. He, uh, from my research, what I can tell, he loves this show that his son is in. He's so proud of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, I mean, granted, like I said, it is a show specifically for Kirby fans. But I, I can't help but loving how much of a dumpster fire this show is. Much like Yu-Gi-Oh!, um, and speaking of which, let us talk a little bit about your favorite characters and moments in this movie, or not movie, uh, in this TV show. Uh, and I'm going to save mine for last because I, I think everybody know here knows who my favorite character is, but I'm going to save it for last. But go ahead. What do you, uh, I want to know what y'all's favorite characters are and favorite moments. So my favorite moment other than the other than the ending, which I actually did, which I actually did really like the the last five episodes, I actually I like they called it something. It was like fright of the night, fright to the finish, fright to the finish. That's right. <clears throat> All of that stuff was really cool. I yeah okay, I'll, I'll get I'll get to that later. My actual favorite episode is the is the animation episode, the animation studio. Yes. Episode. What what is that one called? I forgot what it's called. 
is called a cartoon buffoon. Yeah. And because it felt so much like the writers slash animators of this show were crying out for help. It's, it's a cry for help. Because <laughs> a lot of... There was some very distinct details in there that were very particular to that kind of animation. And the idiosyncrasy... Like, the the small details really made that episode be like, okay, they know, they know what they're talking about. Um, like, that with the combination of the fact that DDD and... Escargoon? That's his name, right? Yes. God damn it. I keep um, wanting to call him, like, Sligoo. Like, Sligoon or something. <laughs> yeah. Which is not right, but... That sounds it's like a Nintendo! It, no, it literally is a Pokemon. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, like, they're kind of like the executive producers, and they're meddling in the things, and then it all turns out fine. They have to, like, literally ADR on the fly. It was... Uh, like... I think at that point, after watching, like, four or five episodes of the show, I was, like, bored out of my mind. And so, that one was the first one that was like, this is actually kind of funny. Um, <laughs> so, that's my favorite moment. Favorite character, I'm not going to steal Alex's, I know who he is. So, I'm going to name Kaboo. That's my favorite character. Whoa, because star. every single time he goes, Warp Star! <laughs> I burst out laughing because it's so stupid. One, why does he say it every single time? And two, I don't understand what the whole deal with him keeping the Warp Star is. Like, literally, they every single time the episode is like, Kirby, go save the day, blah, 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 blah. Oh, no, Kirby's in danger. Warp Star. And I'm like, I could have done this like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> also, like, the Warp Star thing made no sense. Like, because there are times, right, it's like, oh, the Warp Star is the source of Kirby's power. What power? Because he's shown to be able to use his, like, inhale and copy abilities just fine without it. The only thing it does for him is let him fly. The power of friendship. That's the power of plot convenience. It's basically a sensu bean in DBZ. Uh, <laughs> anybody gets a reference. It's a way to like charge him back up after yeah. after he's been knocked down. Yeah, yeah it is contrived. Boss battle phase two. Yeah. Kirby yeah. has two health bars. <laughs> um, and so, in part, that's actually why I really liked the last five episodes. Because the warp star breaks or whatever, and we have to like have Kirby deal with the other. Okay, I need to. I need to. I need to talk about something with Kirby. Okay. <laughs> Kirby's inhale ability. Okay, mm-hmm. first of all, this is a magical girl anime. You can't, you can't yes. uh, correct me at all. Second, so I don't know how. Why does how does Meta Knight know the exact names of the Kirby that that he's turning into? <laughs> like literally, he's a Star Warrior. <laughs> he turns into Sword Kirby, and Meta's like, "It's Sword Kirby." Sword also, he Kirby. rolls his R's that what sounds like for five seconds long. I don't know how he does it. It is Sword Kirby. Yeah, Sword the only Kirby. reason it's explained is because he is a Star Warrior. That's literally it. All right. Yeah, the kid that we have no idea who he is. Meta Knight's like, there is going to be a new Star Warrior. Oh, it's Kirby. I know exactly what his powers are. <laughs> um, and there it is. <laughs> All right. Um, my favorite character is 
demon frog controlled Kirby, <laughs> aka evil Kirby, in the one episode where he's that evil was, and he does evil things because I'm evil now. That that the, every fucking time he he would like flash the like mad like the evil face and then he would like break shit and all of the captains would be like, "No, Kirby, what are you doing? You're destroying my <laughs> livelihood!" And he would just be laughing and like doing the laugh or whatever. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Why is it a demon frog? And then, and then they eventually come out and they're like, enemies like, oh yes, you must have found our demon frog. And you're like, what? What? <laughs> but, I mean, it was it was a great episode. Um, I also have to give a big shout out to uh to the animation episode. Uh, there's there's one section where the frames are drawn in JoJo animation, and I yeah. could not stop laughing for five minutes so because they they were so out of place, and you could tell the animators didn't give a flying fuck, but they needed to put that in there for their own enjoyment, really. Uh, and then and then at the end of that episode, fucking Tiff is like, "This is a show that's so bad, it's good," and I was sitting there being like, "You cannot tell me that the animators are sitting here being like, Mister Sakurai, please get me off this train." Like that's what that was to me. So, uh, yeah, honestly, great, great, great moments. I also have to say, I love that they redid the intro with KT. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was actually really good. All right. Well, my favorite character, I would say, has to, because I also want to leave Alex's for him. Uh, my favorite character has to be the sales guy, the salesman for Nightmare Enterprises. Yeah. Who always shows up on his big screen and is like, what can I do for you, Triple D? What are you, hey, looking good there, Big D. Like, uh, <laughs> he's just... D-Meister. <laughs> D-Meister, yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know what it is about the guy, but, like, he shows up, he's got this, like, fucking shovel for a jaw, you know, <laughs> this, this, this bomb-ass haircut, and, like, so obviously very sinister, he's just, like, the voice, like, not to worry, King DDD, I got just the monster for you, like, like such a, you know, sort of, this, this mid-Atlantic kind of radio announcer sort of vibe, um, I don't know what it is, he's just very, like satisfying to watch talk and also like how he's like ah yes i'm evil and i'm gonna do things that are gonna hurt you ddd and ddd's like you tell you see you say you're gonna hurt kirby well sign me right up <laughs> i have no rhyme there's no rhyme or reason for why i like this character just like there's no rhyme or reason for anything else in this show he's just enjoyable to watch also, the fact he's two feet tall is great. Well, okay, that's the other bit, that right? Reveal, the reveal. Yeah. The reveal at the very end of the show where it's like he's just like a torso with feet attached. Crack theory. He was a Kirby. He was a Star Warrior before an <laughs> uh, uh, enemy like corrupted him and turned him into his like spokesperson. I was right? so ready for them to like be like, oh, yeah, I am one of them. But they just were like, this is what I look like. All right, we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Refuses, shows up, is two feet tall, refuses to elaborate, leaves. Also, I don't know. I Maybe it's just the episode selection you gave us, Alex. But his maniacal laugh, I feel like somehow gets more and more frequent as the series goes on. Does. It definitely does. Towards like, the end, he's doing it every time. Every single scene that he's in. He just, as time goes on, he gets more and more mask off. But DDD just doesn't give a shit because he's... That's okay, another big plot hole, by the way, which I, I didn't bring up earlier. Why does King DDD hate Kirby? Literally, why? They he's never a star warrior. 
They never even, like, give it the plausibly deniable explanation of, of xenophobia. They, they just, it's like, oh, this is a, it's a, I have to hate this thing. He's messing with my kingdom. Um, <laughs> anyway, my favorite moment, uh, which you'll know, Alex, because I made you pause to talk about it while we were watching, uh, in the movie was actually the whole reveal of the, like, uh, the, it was it was a dream sequence thing after he had finished fighting all the air ride enemies because I did not think that the show had the capacity to surprise me. I had no, you know, no inkling that anything like, you know, uh, uh, they were fudging anything with the narrative. I thought, okay, this is literally happening as we're watching it. And that's like, oh, all these like these battles we just did because of course they wanted to you know, like, show off the Air Ride Warriors, because that's the nostalgic thing for the video game and all the kids who are watching this. But, you know, also it makes no sense for them to send in the Warriors one at a time, and, you know, they, they would just send the fucking UFOs with the missile launchers, and, you know, this whole thing of, oh, it was a dream sequence, you know, and you were just, like, dreaming about fighting these Warriors, and I gave you this dream so that you could learn for when you actually have to fight them. Is not good plot writing. It was unexpected. <laughs> it was unexpected plot writing. And that's, I think, what made it had, like, some kind of, like, oh, okay. It did something that was not, like, literally bald-facedly predictable the second it was even hinted at. Like, everything else in this show. Just uh, to clarify, that that episode, those episodes actually came out the same year that Kirby's Air Raid came out. So it's not nostalgia. It was a tie-in. Oh! Yeah. So, so... To add on to that point, Michael, um, those episodes, the Air Rider episodes in uh, the Japan release were episodes 50 and 51, I believe. Uh, and, uh, or maybe it was in the US uh, release. Wh whichever way, the reason why it's a dream sequence is because uh, that pre those pair of episodes, they were supposed to be originally part of the finale like the dream the air riders were sent from the destroyer uh ufo kirby defeats them and goes toward and then destroyer uh gets attacked by halbert the halbert battleship like those are some clear progression of events up to the finale right but in the u.s release version because it came out later than the japanese version uh when the air ride machines were being premiered and Kirby's air ride was being released. The, in Japan, the U S uh, show, the U S translation of the show was like 50 episodes behind. So what they did, Oh my God. What they did was Genius. they spliced the two air ride episodes to like halfway in between the show into like episode 50 and 51 to coincide with the release of Kirby's Air Ride. Those and episodes so are just an advertisement. that's why they made it all a dream sequence. Because Kabu's like, I'm training you for this future battle we're going to have here. What the fuck? Uh, Wait, yeah. this, is, this is like next level shit. Yeah, I love this, actually. This is like the the marketing prowess that like Kirby this Kirby for kids uh release schedule had but yeah the reason why it's a dream sequence is because they just wanted to get those episodes out in time for Kirby's air ride which i think is the funniest thing <laughs> and the the worst way to go about that those those like splicing episodes is making it all a dream so sorry to shatter your expectations iris well i mean alex here's the thing 
I think you have actually ruined that moment for me. <laughs> I think I no longer appreciate it as like a, a, a twist of like a, a you know a slightly bolder storytelling direction. <laughs> it surprised me because it's not even storytelling that's like driving that choice. Yes. Well, I, I now lo- I now know lot you've you've made me lose like the the singular <laughs> redeeming thing about this show is now dead I, to me. Your favorite this moment is... it's was all a dream. <laughs> God, this entire show is a nightmare. <laughs> Get it? Cause cause nightmare enterprises. That was a good one. Uh alright. Well, thank you all for saving my favorite character for myself, because of course it is King DDD Spanish. Himself. Wait, what? Oh, what? You did. oh, I thought it was. Meta I thought it was Meta Knight. You thought it was Meta Knight. I I was ready to play the Spanish guitar. I was right. too. Right, we can talk about Meta Knight. Yeah, Meta Knight is hilarious with the Spanish accent and the um the little the little like guitar riff that plays every time he speaks or does anything. Every time the camera pans over to him. It's like Kirby. <laughs> yeah. The accent is so thick. It's like it's parody. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, Meta Knight is like the best part of the would be the best part of the dub, if not for King DDD. Uh I unironically love King DDD's dub. And every time I watch or I look at a comic that some fan has made of King DDD talking to Kirby, his voice is supplanted <laughs> onto that comic's voice. It's so distinctive. And the things that he says are some of the most ridiculous things. And this kind of ties into my, uh, my favorite moment, which is also the Air Riders uh, episode, because just because of how dumb it is, when the fact that all four, you see all four, Kirby's like flying on his warp star. And he's flanked by four of these air riders on these different ships. Uh, and instead of attacking him all at once, uh, these air riders uh, go out one by one every time. Uh, and every time, like, King is like, yeah, go, go, Wingstar, go, Shadowstar, whatever. Um, and they, each one gets destroyed by Kirby, and then they send the next one, and then that one gets destroyed in the next one. Uh, but it also has my favorite... DDD quote when Kirby sucks up the water and King DDD says, What's he slurping up all that water for? <laughs> <laughs> Which is like the dumbest thing. And Escargoon says, Maybe he ate something salty. And that just, that whole sequence between those two basically summarizes their relationship between, uh, between those two characters. And fun fact, I told Iris this, mm-hmm. but Escargoon and DDD are voiced by they the same person. Are voiced by the same person. Really? Yeah. yeah. Which like puts it all to imagine being that guy. Yeah. And you get a gig from your agent and you're called into the studio and you're like, great, we have a hundred episodes of you having these conversations with yourself. Back and uh. forth. Saying this kind of nonsensical, like, just completely off the cuff, off the wall kind of like a character who I am firmly convinced like has no capacity to like comprehend anything that is not happening in the exact current second, right? <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, it's hilarious. Right, that would explain so much. That about, does explain like, the stupid, so much. De- the stupid decisions he makes and the, like, rather, that's the, that's the entire fucking plot of the show, right? None of this was written. No one cared enough to write this with any kind of character or any kind of plot narration having any conception of anything that is not happening exactly at that moment. You know, three lines from now doesn't exist. The, the previous page doesn't exist, right? Like, imagine being that voice actor, though. And doing this back and forth at yourself alone in a recording studio for a hundred goddamn episodes. I am so sorry for whoever that was. Because, oh, man. Yeah. I I mean, going back to what you said, Marcus, about uh, the differences between the dub and the subs. I do think watching the sub is a distinctly different experience. Because the humor in this show is very reminiscent of, like late 90s uh, manga uh, and the way that they set up the reactions, the way that they set up the jokes. A lot of those uh, era of manga have these, uh, it's usually like four panels in a comic strip, kind of like the Garfield comics, where they'll set up a joke, they'll uh, put the punchline, they'll have a reaction, and they'll have a resolution. And you can see that kind of joke set up all throughout the different Kirby uh Kirby episodes we see here in uh, the ones we're talking about. And I think that's like one of the things that just doesn't quite get translated over during the dub because sometimes, and speaking of the dub, I do, I just want to say that some of the, some of the lip syncing and some of the like timings of the words in the dubs, you can tell that the voice actors had no time to sync the lips because there's one scene in the cartoon buffoon where uh, King Dedede and Escargoon are talking and they're basically overlapping one another <laughs> because of the lip syncing that uh, they had to edit those two voices around. But yeah, it's, I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the humor and a lot of the, the uh, messaging uh, and the significance of those jokes are lost in the dub. Uh, but I'm convinced that something greater comes from it something <laughs> iconic and dare i say memeable <laughs> comes from the show something thanks to the certainly dub. comes from it that's for sure <laughs> uh yes i i can't help but love the dub of the show uh and finally before we uh cap this episode off with uh patented trivia corner uh, i do want to get y'all's thoughts of uh the the sort of monster of the week formula and the overarching like star warrior story in relation to uh, the villains of this show, because there is an overarching story. The whole point of this, uh, this show is the fact that Kirby is a star warrior. He's trying to fight uh, against the big bad enemy uh, that's kind of trying to uh, take over the galaxy. And he has these, comrades that he meets along the way i didn't show you all the episodes uh where he meets the people who come to uh come to fight enemy at the end but you do see that there is some sort of progression in the story arc itself where kirby meets people he is able to befriend them and then they come back at a later time to help him out so yeah i'm just uh what did y'all think about that sort of episodic versus overarching story composition of this show so here's my take 
interestingly enough, I don't really have too much to say about like the the monster of the week format. You know, it is what it is, and it's it's familiar, and it's got a purpose, it's got a place, and uh, you know, it, it fills out a lot of content for this show. Uh, like, you know, it's monster of the week. Plenty, plenty of plenty of media does it. You know, um, I don't think I saw enough of this show to like you do a whole deep dive commentary on the you know overarching narrative, like the long term progression but there are some serious problems with just the conception of the the show the story and how it's told kirby is supposed to be the main character to be the main character of a a show you need to be a character in the first place you need to be a (laughs) character at all and at no point does kirby have any sort of like initiative make decisions they literally explicitly talk about how he's just essentially a, a, an infant with like godly powers right and he just like listens to whatever people say because he has no capacity to think a reason for himself he's the main fucking character of this show he's the guy and the name and the title and the picture on the front cover and he just doesn't do anything and I know, you know, like, obviously, based on the, like, the, the the IP they're adapting this from, right, that Kirby wasn't going to be a speaking character. But there are ways for people to communicate without speaking. And there are ways for characters to emote without speaking. And there are, you do not have to, like, make a character essentially, like, not make any decisions independently. You know, it, it's it's just, like... It ended up being a show, not about Kirby, but that just happened to have Kirby in it, right? It's like, here's Tiff, and here's Tough, and there's Meta Knight over there, and there's DDD over there, and they're being weird, and, you know, Kirby shows up every now and again and does something impressive for the camera. That's my biggest issue with with the the show. I just think, like, conceptually, like, they, they, they had so many issues from the jump. So, I will agree basically 100%. On what you just said. And I do think that they that was what they were trying to do. Whether it be good or bad. Because Kirby doesn't have a character ever. He is no yeah. he is literally like character void. And so the games that he's in are not about him, but rather what happens to him. Right? And it's not even about making decisions or any, anything. He literally just has to save people and defeat a bad guy. And so, to that extent, I think that they quote-unquote adapted the video game. Not bad. That is to say, I still think it's bad. Uh, But, I think that there is something to be said about the fact that even though Kirby is the main character, it's I thought it was actually okay that he didn't have a character. And rather, the things around him are the things that happened to him and the things that I'm interested in. Mainly because I'm fairly confident that everyone who is a Kirby fan is not interested in learning more about Kirby as a character because he has no character. Rather, they're interested in like, what's going to happen to Kirby this week? And what's (laughs) Meta Knight going to do? And who are these Tiff and Tough people? And all that stuff, right? And also, they're all interested in like, oh, let's have... The characters from the game, they're going to show up. Oh, they're, they're, they're Meta Knight's people. And, oh, but they're, like, friends with Meta Knight. And Meta Knight's working with DDD, but actually not, I guess. <laughs> and so, 
There's that Another sort of plot level. Hole, by the way. Another plot hole well, I will point out <laughs> is that Mennonite is apparently working for DDD despite like actively fighting his monsters every single episode. Right. I mean the whole the whole point is that he's working for DDD because he's trying to attract Kirby as a Star Warrior, which kind of gets thrown out the window after episode one because he's already here. Why do you need to keep doing that? <laughs> but um basically that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like I think that it as conceived, as you said, it is a flawed premise to someone who is Basically, like, who only knows, like, a surface level of Kirby and is interested in, an, like, an adaptation of Kirby as an idea. Like, like make, make him a character. Make him have emotions. Make him make decisions. Yeah. But I actually do think that most of the fan base is like, I don't care about that. Just give me cool shit that Kirby does. So, two responses to that. One, why, why can we, like make up a new character to give to Meta Knight and DDD, but not Kirby, right? Why do they get to, like... Because you, like, you can't tell me that those characters are, like, indicative of the games, because they're not. They're just, they're just not. Uh, in some slight way, perhaps, they're resemblant of, of those characters in the games. But, like, they made up a whole lot of shit, but, like, oh, no, we can't make up anything for Kirby. Um, and second... I don't, like, Kirby does not have a lot of character, but I don't, is it true that he has, like, no character in the games? Like, he still has, he still emotes, he still, like, interacts with, with the people around him, he still, like, makes decisions, he has, like, clearly has a personality, right, in, in the way he interacts with the world, like, he's, he's, you know, the little, uh, the, um, the mannerisms, you know, he's got, right, like, he's not completely a blank slate. Uh, as someone who has played the most Kirby games in here, uh, Michael, I have to agree with you fully on your points. Uh, because uh, in every Kirby game, the scenario, like you said, is either pushed upon Kirby, where, for example, in one of the games, uh, the most notorious example of him going on a hero's journey is the fact that his strawberry shortcake is stolen, and yep. he goes on a quest to get back the that's strawberry Squeak shortcake. Squad, yeah, that's Squeak Squad. Yep. Uh, but in the other games, he is given, he's literally given a goal. There is some NPC character that says, uh, like, arrives as the world is falling apart and says, hey, Kirby, can you help me out doing this? And Kirby... Uh, being the friendly pink puffball, uh, goes and helps that character. And so, like you said, Michael, Kirby doesn't have a character. And I think that's why Kirby fans really love this series, because they're not looking for a character from Kirby. They're looking for weird and wacky scenarios that Kirby is going to be put in. Uh, yeah, and just the fact that each one of his games, even the most recent one, uh, the reason why Kirby is trying to get back, well, one, he got sucked up to another planet, and two, he's trying to help save uh, the Waddledees because they've been stolen, and also help this new friend of his that kind of guides him along his quest. He doesn't really do things on his own. I think it's canonical that if Kirby was left to his own devices, he'd just, like, sleep and eat all day. Yes. And the reason why these games happen is because of these outside forces that push him to to do it. So, all things considered, I think this sort of bare-bones plot is serviceable for an adaptation of Kirby, who is a character that isn't a character. I have 
very little to speak on this because I have no Kirby game experience um, besides maybe five minutes of the most recent game. But I will see say that Nightmare, the primary antagonist of the whole show, went out like a bitch. He just got... <laughs> he, he just got... Uh, what's the name of the fucking wand? The the Star, star rod. rod. He just gets Star Rod and, and gets Look, fucked. Thing, thing was overpowered in Super Smash Bros. Brawl. <laughs> thing is overpowered here. Sakurai so knew what guy, he was doing. <laughs> the guy looks like like a fucking like space wizard gremlin person from a fucking like the the eighties D and D anime uh, or eighties D and D cartoon. The guy looks like wacky as hell. Can I say at those last few episodes? When I was feeling the Gurren Logan vibes, I really hoped at some point, like, Kirby would, like, inhale a star and, like, gain its powers, and then, like, inhale a galaxy and then gain its powers <laughs> to defeat the enemy. That would have been so sick. It didn't happen, though. I mean, oh. I, but, like, the whole thing of him inhaling the warp star, that was kind of, like, a given. That had to happen at some point. Yes. Like, I was sort of waiting for that the entire time. Yeah, I mean, if, any, if anything, the they end. had to save it to the very end, because, like, if they did it earlier, then it would have been, oh, fuck, who cares? But, yeah. yeah, why would he not just do it all the time? And then Enemy is like, oh, my God, you figured out the secret. Yeah. My one weakness. <laughs> yeah, my one oh my weakness. God. <laughs> like, okay, buddy. It's such, like, a stock villain phrase. Like, no, you figured out the only way to It's, harm. like, it's, it's passed over the hill. It's crested the ridge of cliche and just descended into... It's lazy writing, honestly. <laughs> well, to be fair, again, in the games, literally the way that he gets the star rod each time is that it's in a fountain. That's, that's yeah. the story. It's just in a fountain. <laughs> Why uh, did they put a fountain in space? It's so a star fountain. the star rod. <laughs> Fuck. They're not that faithful with that adaptation. Oh, God, uh, all right. Well... To cap off our Kirby discussion, I do have a Kirby trivia corner for you all. Okay. So, like last trivia corners, uh, the first chance to guess will have three points, second chance two, last chance one, um, and we will be going in order of alphabet we'll be going in alphabetical order i almost said yeah. order of alphabet remember when we used to do these trivia corners like we were pulling up like a little like buzzer thing on our phones i need i need to were... do that because one of they weren't multiple choice right that's why i need yeah yeah, that was, that was, mm -hmm. yeah thankfully these ones are mostly multiple choice what so there will be uh six multiple choice questions and a true or false section at the end oh, okay. all right so I know we just talked about enemies, so let's talk about enemies in the Kirby games, a.k.a. the bosses. So, your first question. This will be to Iris. In the games, King DDD has a penchant for being possessed by other enemies and forced to fight Kirby. Which of these possessed DDD battles does not happen in the games oh my god i only ever a, played the most recent one <laughs> a ddd uh is controlled by a sentient dark matter uh b ddd is controlled by spider web strings c a shadow clone is created from king the king's dna or d a copy of ddd fights kirby from the mirror world which the, of these did not happen okay, in a mirror mirror world? Mirror world sounds plausible. Shadow clone rings a bell. I'm gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say it's 
Spider, like, that might be too creepy for, like, a, a bubbly game like Kirby, but also not, because Kirby has some shit that is kind of creepy if you take a step back and think about it. So I'm going to say it's the sentient dark matter that did not happen. A. A. A is incorrect. He does get possessed by sentient dark matter. All right. Marcus. I, I, I'm just making this easier for Michael, I guess. Um... <laughs> When you say Shadow Clone created from... Oh, oh from King Dedede's DNA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with that one. I don't think a Shadow Clone created from Dedede's DNA happened. That is incorrect. That actually did happen. He got his DNA sucked up by a machine and a clone was created of him uh, in Planet Robobot, I believe. Good for him. Okay, so here's the problem. All right, Michael. Here's the problem. The spider web strings... Oh, no, that isn't the plot of that one. Is it? Is that the plot of the, the yarn one? Oh, God. Or I thought that was the one where they were sucking up all the color. Or is that a Paper Mario game? <laughs> um, you know what? We're going to go with the Mirror World because I actually do think that the Spiderweb thing happened. All right. Final answer, Mirror World? Yes. That is correct. Okay, yeah. That uh, So... The Mirror World takes place in uh, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, and King DDD does not show up in that game. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, no, I played that one. Yeah. All right. One point for Michael. All right. All right. Next up, Marcus. Meta Knight has changed quite a bit from his very first appearance in the Kirby games. Of the following features, which one was present from the very beginning in his debut in Kirby's Adventure? A, his spiked sword, Galaxia. B, his cape. C, his armor. Or D, his eyes. Interesting. So um, which one was present from his very first incarnation? I'm going to assume that the spiked sword, Galaxia, comes in in some kind of flashback-esque thing like it does in the anime. Um... I kind of just want to say his cape, because I feel like that's the most iconic part of Meta Knight. Although his eyes are also fairly iconic. But there is... Some, I have heard rumors of Meta, Knight, Meta Knight's, like, mask... Like, being unmasked, or, like, you see Meta Knight's true face or true body or some shit at some mm -hmm. point. Maybe not... Maybe in the anime. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm conflating that, but I feel like that does happen. Uh, I'm going to go with cape. Alright. Cape is incorrect. He doesn't have his cape from uh, his first appearance. Okay, so I have a theory. After not playing the game, I feel like they tried to do as little work as possible. Therefore, they would have used Kirby's sword from Sword Kirby. They would have not put a cape on him, and they wouldn't have put the armor on him. So I think it's his eyes. That is incorrect. Fuck! I like where right, you're Iris, going with you're... that, though. Your choice so is between armor and the sword. Armor and sword. So when you say armor, you mean like his mask thing? His mask and his pauldrons. I want to say the armor. That's like the most iconic thing to me about Meta Knight. You know, it's the shit on the front of his fucking sh like spaceship, you know? <laughs> armor is correct. He did keep that from the very beginning. 
All right, one point, Iris. One point, Marco. All right. The only Michael, way any of this us question... are going to get any of these right is if there are two wrong answers beforehand. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this question is for you, Michael. Um, the Kirby games are notorious for having truly Lovecraftian horrors as endgame bosses. Which of the following is not one of the final bosses Kirby fights? A. A biblically accurate angel that bleeds when you hit it. B. The core of a dead star. C. A reincarnated universe-destroying god. Or D. An omnipotent machine left behind by an ancient civilization. Which of these is not one of the final bosses? Oh my god. Those last three sound all right. Yeah. <clears throat> Honestly, I just have to go by instinct and say it's A. Because I don't think that they would show the bleeding. A is incorrect. Right. That actually happens in a Kirby game. Yeah. All right, Marcus. I- Iris, Iris, you're next. Yeah. Iris has to get this uh, one wrong so I can get one point. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, so it's um. Remind me of my three options. So the core of a dead star, a reincarnated universe-destroying god, and an omnipotent machine left behind by an ancient civilization. So you're trying to figure out which one. Oh, right. Not. Okay. Here's the thing. I I a hundred percent. The last one, it's the word machine that is throwing me off here. Because that broadly matches the, the one like piece of Kirby knowledge I know to be true, except I don't think it was a machine. It was just a... a, a If okay, if I if I get this wrong, then I'm gonna feel very stupid. But I'm gonna say it's the reincarnated god that did not happen. That is incorrect. The reincarnated god was a final boss in Star Allies. Uh, Marcus. Oh man, this is gonna be embarrassing if I get this wrong. So it's just the core of a dead star or an omnipotent machine left left behind by an ancient civilization. Mm. Um. Iris is throwing me off. Iris said the thing about the machine, and now I want to say it's that one. But that feels like something that could happen in a Kirby game. But so does a... (sighs) My instinct says core of a dead star, so I have to get that one. All right. That is incorrect. Fuck! Damn it! Was it really... Was it really... You just, like, threw in the word machine to throw me off? Um, no. So, the... So the omnipotent machine is uh, not something that appears in the Kirby games. There, there are a bunch of omnipotent beings in there. Uh, so uh, well, that literally, one is literally, if you just said omnipotent being left behind by a dying civilization, that would be Kirby in the Forgotten Lands, mm. which is the only Kirby game I played. But I was like, <laughs> no, nah, Alex isn't going to try and like I wouldn't know, give trick that. me. He wouldn't be doing a trick question like that. What you know, game changing... was the freaking angel from? Uh, that was from Kirby and the Crystal Shards. Uh, Horrifying. That one. Look up um, look up zero two. Don't just type in zero two because you're going to get the anime yeah, girl. Yeah. Type in zero two <laughs> Kirby. All right, and you'll see what I'm talking about. All right, this next series of three questions is all about Smash. Kirby oh, yeah. in the Smash games. 
Okay, first question for you, Iris. The Dragoon, an item that appears in Super Smash Bros. series and its subspace animissary story mode, made its first appearance in Kirby Air Ride as a legendary air ride machine. However, there is a second, less well-known legendary machine in the game. Like the Dragoon, it is only formed after collecting three of its pieces and is named after another mythical beast. What is the name of this machine? This isn't about Smash at all. <laughs> I mean, it's is not it tangentially related? Is it A, the Chimera, B, the Cyclops, C, the Hydra, or D, the Phoenix? Only one of those options flies, so I have to say the Phoenix. That is incorrect. Obviously. Bamboos. <laughs> Marcus? <laughs> Chimera, Cyclops, Hydra. I was honestly expecting that they would have, like, slightly different pronunciations, because Dragoon is different, but they're just named... It's one. It's just named, like, the actual mythological beast. Um, let's go with Hydra. Hydras are fast. That is correct. Yes, Damn it. Let's go! I was so mad I got this last. Literally, I was when you heard when I said when you said Hydra, I was like, that's it. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yes, it is the Hydra. Two points to you, Marcus. So two yes! one one. Yes, the Hydra is the only other legendary air ride machine in that game. It's a pretty good ship, by the way. It's the strongest in the game. Alright. Cool. This one. This one's actually about Smash, so Marcus, I'm uh, expecting good things from you. This is rigged! What the hell? In Kirby's Smash Bros. move set, almost all of his moves are derived from copy abilities from the mainline series. Which of these moves in Smash is not linked to a corresponding copy ability in the Kirby games? Is it A, Kirby's Rapid Jab? A.K.A. pressing A over again. Right. Uh, B. His up tilt, which is the sweeping kick upwards. C. His forward throw, uh, where he does a little twist and pile drives someone to the ground. Or D. His forward aerial, which is a series of three kicks in the air. So none of these feel like. So what? What you're asking essentially is which one of these is not derived from like. Something he does in... in yeah, Urban. which... So, all of these moves have... Are, come from a copy ability in the mainline Kirby games. Except for one. Oh, I see. Okay. Um... I mean, honestly, they all feel like... Generally interesting moves. Except for up tilt, which is just like... He kind of flicks his foot in, in the back. Um... That one feels like the, the 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 simplest, I guess, and the least likely that you could have to copy someone in order to get that ability because it feels pretty straightforward. So I'm going to go with up tilt. Up tilt is correct. Nice. Yes. <clears throat> rapid jab All was right. like the fighting one, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, in order, rapid jab is from fighter ability. Uh, forward throw is the ability suplex, and. D, uh, forward aerial, is another fighter ability. All right, 5-1-1. Got this one in the bag. All right, Michael. In Little Mac's stage, Boxing Ring, 
each character that is fighting has an alias that is displayed on the Jumbotron in the back. Oh my god. In Smash Ultimate, what is Kirby's alias? Is it A, the Pink Demon, B, the Puffy Pugilist, C, the Pink Prize Fighter, or D, the Plucky Puffball? God damn it. I don't play Smash as much as y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody fucking plays on Little Max stage either. So. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm just going to go with my instinct and say it's the Pink Demon because that's what Kirby is. That is correct. Okay. I knew this one too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> who do you right, think plays, Who do you think plays Little Max to get that stage? <laughs> to show? Why would you suffer like that? Forward tilts, right. bro. Five, four, one. Okay, now we are at the true and false uh, section of the trivia corner. So, in the mainstay of Kirby games, uh, Kirby gains the ability of certain abil- enemies that he swallows. These copy abilities, as they are called, range from the very simple, like Ice and Fire, to the more wild, like UFO and Wrestler. Now, I have a list of Kirby copy abilities that I'm going to read out, and you need to tell me if it is the actual name of a copy ability as written in the game, or if it's one that I made up. All right. And bring so, it. for this one, you all can confirm amongst yourselves, but I will need a true or a false answered from you all uh, when you are ready. So, the first one is track and field. Wait, so are we all answering individually? Yeah, okay. so you all can confirm amongst yourselves, but I will need to hear uh, a I... true or false. I don't think so. I think I, have, I that, that's the that's the name of the fucking Mario and Sonic games. I'm going to go with false. Close enough. Well. Sure, I'm false. false. Yeah. It is false. I made that one up. <laughs> Not All this right, time. y'all get one point. We made it up. Next up is Doctor. Yeah. True. I buy when, that. When Kirby eats a doctor. Yeah, it's like that comic. It's yeah, that comic. Eats, yeah. He eats Dr. Mario. Cheryl, <laughs> send in my next patient. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Is that true for all of you? Yeah. 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 That is correct. All right. Seven, six, three, I believe. You can't fool us. All right. Next up is Animal. Oh, fuck. Nah. Uh, nah. That's, that's a Muppet. That's a Muppet. <laughs> I'm going to say true. It's so incredibly vague. I'm also going to say false. This one is true. Yep. Ooh, okay. Back All right. Seven. seven, seven, three. You don't need to keep rubbing it in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying this more for my own tracking. Uh, next one is Spy. Bye? Spy. Spy. <laughs> spy. Spy. The, the Discord is cutting out. It's Spy. I was like, damn, Kirby out here repping Pride Month. <laughs> yeah, happy Pride Month, everybody. This is what happens Happy. when Kirby eats the spy from TF2. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, I'll start with mine. It's true. I'll, I'll just say true. Less because I think that's a real ability and more because, like, I, I'm just trying to game theory of, like, what you would do <laughs> when writing these questions. Marcus? True. True? 
This one's actually false. Oh, I made oof. this one up. Close. We made it up. Not this time. All right. No happens. change in the score. Next up is Magic. I'm going to go with false, but I'm going to wait until y'all say I also say, say false. Why. I want to say true. I think it's false because I think it would be wizard. Like wizard Kirby. It's magic Kirby. Magic one. Oh, yes, it is wizard Kirby. This one is true. Yes! Oh, let's go. All right. <laughs> uh, and Kirby wears a little top hat. Um, so oh, not a oh, wizard's hat. Oh, it's mag- like a magician. <laughs> oh, like a magician. Like a magician. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Marcus is in the lead with eight points. All right. Time. God damn it, these are all so generic. I'll say yeah. I'll say yeah. It's time, Kirby. I'm gonna say false. It brings some it brings to mind Time Crash, uh from the most recent game. Or mm. and maybe other games, I don't know. I will say Is true. that all fuck it. This one is actually false. Yes. Ooh. We're back so, in. So Michael's tied up once more. Alright. We've got three more, and these ones are well, they're my favorite. Ghost. Oh, man, that's a good one. False. I'll also say true. I gotta I gotta go against the grain now, you know, <laughs> just for the hell of it. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, Ghost Kirby. I'll say true to that. This one is true. All right. All right, tied again. No, I'm up one now. Oh, yeah, sorry. Marcus is up one. Nine, eight, four right now. All right. Yeah, Ghost Kirby is part of uh, Kirby Squeak Squad. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, copy. What? What? What does this mean? So, your question is, is there a Kirby ability? Is there an enemy that he swallows to gain the copy ability? A distinct ability called copy. Or did I just make it up? I think you're trying to mind game us. I'm going to say false. I think you're trying to mind game us, so I'm going to say true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're trying to do. Um, you know, you could guarantee a win if you, you just answer it. the same as Michael. <laughs> but I don't. I don't want to do that. I want to make this. I want to make this exciting. Yeah. Also, <laughs> the, like there was a Power Rangers episode a long time ago where there was an enemy that they fought that had the ability to copy whatever the Power Rangers did. And this immediately brought this memory to I mind. love how you think of that and not, like, Amazo from Justice League. And, well, I, you know, I, I grew up with Power Rangers, not Justice League. There's where, there, there's your answer, but... Or, like, any DC. Like, the, the Amazo was in Young Justice, too. I, I made you guys watch Young Justice, right? Yeah, I didn't watch the fucking Amazing, Amazo episode. I'm pretty uh, sure I told you to watch that one. <laughs> All right, Marcus, what is your answer? Um, I am going to actually answer false. I don't think this is... I, I think you are trying to mind game us. This one is true. Yes! Fuck. There is an enemy that Kirby swallows to gain the copy ability, which is literally just the same as his normal ability. Lamau. All right, and last one. For all the marbles... Smash Bros. Oh my god! <laughs> that it's gotta be. It's gotta be true. It's no. It's, be. it's absolutely this. This is this is this is a lie. Okay, I'm just gonna make it interesting. I'm gonna say not Marcus. So I'm gonna say true. True. Okay. 
This one is true. Yeah! I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe it. Let's go. You're fucking joking. Uh, How does this happen? True. How does this happen? <laughs> <laughs> what does he eat to gain the Smash Bros ability? Well, we know it's the kind of tongue-in-cheek bullshit that they do. This isn't kidding? the Smash Ball, I'll, is it? It does. I'll tell you what it is. Okay. It's he eats Master Hand. Oh, what? Yeah, Lamau? Master Hand appears in Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, and uh, I think another subsequent Kirby game. But yeah. Well, all right. Well, damn, I believe all right. Michael is the champion. Yeah. Uh, it was ordained. <laughs> all right. Well. That'll do it for us, folks. Thank you so much for listening. This week's video that you can watch on YouTube is a very special video to my heart because it is the Kirby reanimated collab video where 300 and plus artists uh, individually animated separate scenes of the cartoon buffoon episode and overlaid (laughs) their animation over uh, the episode's uh, audio. It is one of the greatest works of art I've ever seen, so go check that out. And next week is Inside Out, which is the movie that Michael is bringing. Thank you, Michael, for bringing a good movie. You're after welcome. You're bringing us out of this hell. <laughs> but once again, thank you so much for listening, folks, and you will hear from us next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank Thanks, you. everyone.